What's your opinion of fake plants? Of fake plants? Yeah. They have a time and a place. Okay. You know? Yeah. That's that's all I need to say. Okay. Time and a place. Because I was thinking about it and I my dumb brain, I was like, I wonder if fake plants are more sustainable because they got to make that shit out of plastic but maybe it's less water to give to plants you know they're just i feel like they're looked down upon a little yeah like people are like oh you don't know how to take care of real plants you don't have a green thumb time and a place like hotel (laughs) lobbies yeah check good fake plants for sure business lobbies check good space yeah there's also like good fake plants true in your house no way you got like even if you don't have light like you got to find some low light plants like or just (laughs) don't have plants yeah just don't have plants okay just have guitars on the wall yeah you know yeah you don't even have to play them yeah just have the guitars all right for sure that was the first ours i Arse breaker. arse breaker dude arse breaker um the second one also just another rando yeah uh how do we feel about those shampoo and conditioner and also body wash combos definitely negative that's a negative it's a negative because that that's not all dudes that think that like yeah that's college you know you got to graduate Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you graduate to like slightly more inconvenient. You graduate to head and shoulders, hopefully. Okay. But you keep them separate. Yeah. But two in one, I think is fine. Two in one is fine. Yeah. But once you make it body wash also. Yeah. I think that's a lot. It's like, bro, just buy soap. Yeah. Are you on that wave too? Yeah. No, I would do. I'm not a psychopath. I don't use everything in one. <laughs> That would be like blending your food. You're like, yeah, yeah, no, I'm eating a salad and a steak at the same time. Let's just put it in the food processor. Wait, so what do you use? What do you you use on your luscious locks? Uh, what's, what's the secret? The Jerry? secret is, I honestly need to shower more, but like natural know, grease, let baby. Those natural oils, uh, you know, permeate. Yeah, and uh, but yeah, no, I just use some like some like organic ingredient stuff and then i also if my head starts getting a little like funky i just do straight up vinegar okay just like clean yeah makes your hair super soft smells like vinegar (laughs) but (laughs) one could only imagine (laughs) smells like that smell but um are you a tea tree guy like a tea tree oil guy i like essential oils okay i do all right nice do you put in your hair? I used to put rosemary. If you ever want to like make your hair thicker, mm-hmm. rosemary. My hair is already pretty thick, so like when I was putting that in, it was like yeah. a mane. Like it was yeah. way too much. Yeah, yeah. It's a beautiful mane, though. Thank you, though. I appreciate that. Bro. But yeah, are you a, you're a tea tree guy? Oh yeah, tea tree all the way, baby. Yeah, that's like it's you good know for it, your skin. It's good for it's good for the body, and it's also probably like. I think it's like antibacterial and stuff like that essential oils all right so now that we got the icebreakers out of the way cheers mate cheers mate come to you clink clink um just a little introduction uh 
Are we also, are we going to use your your legal name or are we going to use your artist name? I, are we talking about, <laughs> are we talking about producing? Are we talking about music? <laughs> are we talking about marketing? Like We're talking about it all. So we can just, just do. Yeah, just call me Drew. Drew. Drew Jensen. Welcome. <laughs> Let's do a little uh, intro. Introduce yourself. This is where the intro music comes in. Hey, I'm Drew. That's Jerry. We're having some PBRs. We're very happy. Very Jerry. <laughs> that's that's the intro for it's this. the whitest moment <laughs> that's ever took place on the show. This is uh, Jerry and I's intro for this episode. I'm Drew. I own a company called Funhouse. And uh, Jerry's having me on. Thank you, brother. Oh, yeah. This has been a long time coming. I've always been like, Drew, we got to get you on the show. But then we're just like, we got to make music. Dude, the or time like, is right now, man. Yeah, now's the time. We're set up for it. So thank you again. Yeah, thanks for having me, man. I'm going to I'm gonna ask you the obligatory like question that I ask everyone. And yeah. that is, what was your first concert? Aerosmith. Really? Yeah. Ooh. Steven Tyler. How was that? It's with my dad and my brother. It was great. Uh, I think uh, like oh, Third Eye Blind opened for them. Oh, really? Yeah. Alpine Valley, Wisconsin. Nice. Shout out. But yeah, I mean, Aerosmith, I mean, classic, you know? Yeah. Just like amazing. For sure. That was a good concert. Yeah, I mean, I grew up on rock and roll, so we had to go to a rock and roll show. But like oh, rock yeah. and roll, also like Temptations, Stevie Wonder, mm. you know, stuff like that. And you then like, obviously the Beatles and Aerosmith. And so like Motown, rock and roll. Oh, yeah. All that good stuff. Elvis. Elvis. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> when you think about Elvis, right, you think about like the biggest star at the time. Like yeah. in the world. Yeah. And so I didn't know that Elvis never like toured the world, which, you know, even at that time, really? like world travel was like a thing. And his manager kept him in a Vegas residency for five years because he had a gambling addiction. And it was like having Elvis on stage oh. was solving his financial issues and like his gambling addiction mm. so like they just like pumped elvis with a bunch of drugs like when he already had an addiction issue and they just kind of like stuck him in a corner and made him play in he was Vegas. like the, the monkey in the cage or like yeah and i mean like for literally the biggest star in the world having your manager enlist you in the army such a crazy grip on on elvis yeah i feel like you don't hear as much about having that like manager that just is so predatory i mean maybe it's people are getting a little bit more wise to i don't know like 360 deals and just having like a scummy manager but you don't, I don't know. I don't hear about it as much. It probably still happens. I mean, the thing is, is like you really don't need a manager until a certain level, right? 
At what point? Like just when you can't do it all yourself. I mean, I think someone to keep you organized is really, you know, the main idea of it, especially when you have different teams doing different things, Mm -hmm. you know, and I feel like how I have kind of managed is like wearing different hats, you know, like I can put on a manager hat and like a marketing hat or Mm -hmm. like even a producer hat. Yeah. You know, like I'm going to record songs on Sunday for someone that I manage, you know, like, yeah, it's just like, we just already vibe. They're comfortable. So it's like, why would we not just do that? Yeah, for sure. And I feel like at a higher level, a manager is like picking out the producer and figuring out what tour to go on and like all that stuff. Yeah. So like, there's a point where you're not just... I don't know, where you're probably just, there's too much to do. And because of that, you're becoming unorganized. Or if you just need help, like negotiating, right? Yeah. Like, I feel like a lot of people when they start in the music industry don't know their full worth and how to negotiate it. Oh, yeah. And if someone is already experienced, then they know how to negotiate for you like on your behalf for sure you know like i feel like there have been conversations about tours that i've just like asked a question about or like Mm. inquired about and the artist like was like oh i never thought about that yeah and for me that was like the first thing that i thought about Mm. so it's just having that different viewpoint and also sorry we got burps going (laughs) we got burbs going but you know it's kind of like i used to play these like ridiculous video games with my friend that was really hard and he'd be like yeah let me you need a fresh set of hands in there you know just to to try it out or like you know you're working on something it's like i need a fresh set of ears yes exactly that's exactly what i was thinking about a good guy with a, a good head on his shoulders to like steer the boat a little bit if it starts going off course I just think when you have so many different people too that have so many different opinions about where you should go or what you should do creatively or who you should sign to, it's like just having another person being like, no, this doesn't make sense for you just makes it a faster decision, right? Yeah, but it's like, how do you find that guy? Like what is like a tall tale sign of a bad manager? You're just like, okay, that guy is looking out. I mean, obviously it's, hard to tell i i feel like people who just like over promise or really uh like name drop a lot Mm. like really don't actually have those types of connections for sure yeah you know i just feel like i've heard so many times they're like oh my god this person from so-and-so just reached out to me and it's like well that sounds like way too good to be true not that you're not talented. Yeah. But it's like sometimes it's just too good to be true because it's not real. Yeah, that's true. That's just like a good life lesson in general. Like if it's too good to be true. Yeah, I mean it's, it's like you're not going to probably not real. <laughs> you're not going to listen to somebody in your Instagram DMs talking yeah, about like you can careful. do this yeah. or like, you know, or it's like, the same thing with a manager or a label. It's just like 
really you could do it all yourself if you wanted to. Yeah. I feel like a good manager would be just like someone yeah, who's just looking someone out you for trust. You. Yeah. Just I mean, really at the end of the day. Obviously you want to have someone who has some like skill set and know how. Right. But, but I mean it's like what we were talking about earlier. Like I feel like someone you're either in two positions, right? Like you're building laterally right with someone with a manager right who's like really like a friend or someone who just helps you you know what i mean it doesn't have to have that title right or you're just like so goddamn talented someone from up here is like you are just that talented let me let me drag you up yeah let me pluck you cuz i have so many connections whatever yeah and i mean like i've mm. I've really only seen that like a couple times. Yeah. With people that I know. To be chosen. Like the concept of being chosen by the upper echelon of I mean, it's a click. Yeah. Right? We're like in the clickiest industry. It's that tribe. Yeah. People. Yeah. It's Hollywood, baby. Yeah. Damn. All right. Well, let's talk about Funhouse. My because, baby. Yeah. How did that all come to be? And let's just start kind of like at the start of it. Uh, I met Noah. Hi, Noah. <laughs> uh, I met Noah at an internship. I studied abroad for four months in Vietnam. And I came back and Noah filed an LLC already. And I was just like, okay, we're, uh, we're doing it. What was the initial goal of Funhouse? Funhouse is a... It's a marketing, yeah. It's a marketing and events company, really. At the end of the day, gotcha. Um, but I met Noah, and I was already like touring and doing shows at that time, and I was just like, I just want to book my own shows. And he was like, I just want to book my own shows too. And so we came together in like 2017, and we just started booking shows, and then it kind of like spiraled into the marketing of shows the graphic design of shows and then it really just kind of took a whole other like lane when uh you know a tiny little place in wrigleyville that we shall never talk about came about and um it just totally changed our whole entire world because you know? that was a spot that you were booking shows at we were booking, we were managing it, we were marketing it, and we just met so many people. And that was kind of just like what was the final snowball, I guess, so to speak, where I feel like most entrepreneurs need a network mm. to kind of build off of. <clears throat> and that was just the network that kind of just like clicked right away. And we were all still in college and having a great time and partying and doing all that stuff. So it was just one of those things that happened. And then COVID happened shortly after we finished there. And then that changed the whole entire company again. And then, you know, two years later, now we're having this conversation. Yeah. So at the time when you were booking, was there like, what was the thought? Like, okay, we need to have so many shows a week. We need to get like how do we grow i mean so like i i feel like when you're young right you don't have like 
the craziest goals in mind, right? Like you just wanted to do it. Like I just wanted to do it like really bad. Like I just didn't want a nine to five. I just needed to figure it out and I just wanted to like do it and I just wanted to go, 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 go. Yeah. And so we just tried to book five shows a week. Like yeah. all the time, every single week, which is insane. It is like crazy. Sometimes we would have two shows in one night. Yeah. And just like kick people off stage and be like, hey, like, you know, we got another show. Like, let's go. Like, let's move it along. And uh, obviously not saying it like that, but <laughs> you got to go. <laughs> you got to go. Peace. Yeah. Um, and so we were just like, let's just throw as many shows as possible and throw as much against the wall as possible and see what sticks, you know. And we were doing like tributes, original shows, like. I discovered house music. That's there. how we met. Yeah. Is you booking me for a show? I knew friends of friends, stuff like that. Exactly, man. Like it was just like this huge, like melting pot. I don't really want to use that word, but like it was just so many networks coming together because we tried to book everything. Yeah. We tried to book R&B. We tried to <clears throat> book rock. We tried to book house music. Like mm -hmm. it was just insane. You know, and I feel like we found a niche in like rock music and like R and B. Yeah. And I obviously love house music too. Um, but it just kind of like ran from there, you know. It's just like we didn't really have the best plan. And I mean that's kind of like yeah. I think what made it special. Yeah. Because we didn't have a plan. And some of us were still in college. Some of us were out of college. Some of us had other clients. You know, we were all just like kind of figuring it out. But how has shit changed <laughs> since then? And we went through all this shit. You know, what's the what's the new what's the new funhouse? Man, well, I mean, I'll just start off with the scene before I start out with Funhouse. But I was having a conversation a couple of days ago with a horn player that I've played with before. And I was like, man, like I just don't feel like the scene feels like the same afterwards. Like it feels like a little like disjointed in a yeah. way. Like people before I feel like would support each other no matter what. You know, like they would just come out to shows just to go out, you know? Yeah. And I feel like that doesn't happen in the same way as it did. And obviously the pandemic changed everything because we're an events company, right? right? So I had already done a lot of marketing. I had studied marketing in school. And so I was just like, okay, I'll just do marketing. And for a lot of people doing like web stuff and marketing, it just like took <clears throat> off during yeah. the pandemic. Because that was something you could do from home and just like, yeah, you know, make people websites, make people run ads and figure yeah. out how to do all that stuff. Yeah, 100%. And I feel like it just like refined everything. And I mean, I'm a serial entrepreneur. Like I just... When the pandemic happened, I was just like, I'm not getting a job. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not, that's not for me. <clears throat> yeah. Like that I knew. We had conversations and you're like, are you going to get a job? I was like, ah, when you say it like that, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Like I was just like, I'm just an entrepreneur. Like I'm not going to get a job. Like I'm going to figure it out. Yeah. 
And for me, that was fun because it was a challenge. And then all of the marketing energy that I had put into like the world and my clients and all that stuff, I feel like came to a head when events were coming back, right? Like everyone that I had met converged again with marketing, with all of the knowledge that I had. Yeah. That was like the thing, like the pandemic pivot. Like how did right. people pivot? Right. To right. keep making money and work. Right. And I mean, for me, I don't think that it was a pivot because like I've been running ads on Facebook before anybody was running ads on Facebook. Like yeah, I was, was like running a, ads at <clears throat> in 2012. That's really? 10 years ago. Yeah. And now it's like one of the most powerful advertising. I mean, it might have been pretty powerful back then. Too, it was but- so cheap back then. It was yeah. crazy. Like I've been running ads since 2012 for music. Yeah. Like that's how long I've been on the platform. So this is more of just an evolution, less of a pivot and more just like I'm just continuing to totally. figure out. Totally. Sure. And I mean, I feel like it's like a lot of people that just like pop up. You know what I mean? Like I always use like g Easy as like an example, you uh-huh. know, like he just popped up out of nowhere as like a huge star. But like when you look at his career he didn't come up out of nowhere. Like he was grinding 10 years beforehand. Mm -hmm. Like I saw him back in 2014 to 200 people. And that's not even like to be like, oh yeah, I saw him first. But like it takes so much time. You know what I mean? And it's always evolving. Yeah, I feel like it's really just about, you know, I hate saying the grind, but I mean, <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. It really is. It, it really is. Like, yeah. If you don't put in the work, you're just not going to get it. What's the biggest show you guys have booked through Funhouse? Uh, I think the highest selling show was actually a tribute show. And we did uh, David. Bowie versus Queen. Oh, yeah. It was one of the verses. Yeah. I did the Drake versus Kanye one. Yeah. DJ said. <laughs> yeah, we can't say him his name right now, but um <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, but um but yeah, that was one of the best shows. Um I I think just honestly because of the marketing. Mm. Like if you looked at the flyer, they were like the caricatures. Of Freddie Mercury and David Bowie on the flyer, mm. bright, bright colors, plain white background, super clean. Also, that's something people like your average everyday individual it doesn't have to be some niche shit. Yeah, it's not super niche, which I think is also obviously why it did well. Yeah, but I mean that's just a testament to. I mean that that show sold out because of Facebook ads. I mean. Yeah, really. I mean, that's what it was cuz once something starts rolling in the algorithm and you pump it, mm-hmm. it just keeps going. Yeah. And we can talk a little bit about like etiquette. On <laughs> <laughs> social? Face, social, not like, oh, like don't post a picture of like your guns or something like that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you can do whatever the fuck you want. That's not that's not even the worst thing you can do. Yeah. Or bad, maybe. I don't even know. But what I'm saying is, like, 
it's just about getting that algorithm. That's what that's what people are always talking about. It's like you got to be on, you got to be posting so much to for it to start working for you. But same thing with shows and stuff because you know it's different to just promote like you're an artist and you want to have people see your content or your new music or whatever. Well, I think it's interesting what you kind of brought up because I feel like so many artists think about just their their name as the marketing, right? But it's like, if I didn't know you mm -hmm. and you're DJing and your name was the only thing on the event, it's like, I don't know what you DJ. Mm. Like, how are you giving it context? You know, like, what kind of music? Like, what's the vibe? Yeah. You know, like, how are you selling that to somebody? Maybe if we, like, okay, so playing a show and i'm gonna be playing house music under my just jerry yeah some boots and cats and that's the show name no but like you go into facebook you already yeah. have a flyer yeah you know you post a flyer of a show the etiquette that i've heard is that you also post a picture of your face or oh, something yeah. that you're doing totally because that it's just going to get more attention if there's a face in it. Yeah, we're human beings, right? Yeah. I mean, if you think about it in that sense, it's yeah. way more personal. Right. I mean, that's why people are gravitating towards it. You know, I feel like some of the best shows that we've done when we've done the promo videos that are like 15 or 30 seconds and they have a feeling to them, like you watch it and you feel something. Like you pick up on the vibe, whether it's like the lighting or whoever's in it, like that's what sells somebody with like a promo video, right? And like if right. you were DJing in this room with all the lights off and like just like your vibe lights, like strobing or whatever, like that would make someone feel something rather than having all the lights on, right? Yeah. Right. That makes sense. So just like create a vibe. Create a vibe, but tell someone how they're going to feel. Mm. You know what I mean? Like I feel like there are some Chicago DJs that just do it so well. Like you just know how you're going to feel by their like promo pictures or like the flyers that they put together. Yeah. You know, like they're just like either they're like really mm -hmm. trippy like i mean like tango funk if you've seen that like showcase mm -mm. i feel like just does it <laughs> Quick so plug. well yeah shout <laughs> is out that tango a, funk is that a an artist or it's a showcase of different artists uh geo sans is the dj that puts that show on and he moves it between different venues mm. and um I mean, it's just like exactly what you think it is. Like, it's just like tropical, like house music, mm. you know? And like, I feel like so many DJ flyers like now actually put the type of music that is on the flyer mm. that they're going to spin. Maybe being literal about it a little bit. Like, we're going to be spinning this kind of music or like this is going to be the thing. Yeah, I mean, I think it's like, that's such a simple idea, right? Yeah, it's really simple, but I guess it just is so obvious that it's like, yeah, I mean, some people like 
this is like me. Like I'm like, I'm gonna make something really cool and it's gonna be kind of vague almost, but it's gonna be like, you gotta get into it. Like it's, um, I mean, you know I think I mean? that's cool too. Like that's, yeah. that's making you feel something. Yeah. Because like, that's more of like the mystery there's a there's like element a, to it, right? Yeah, there's just a finesse to it though, because you can do it and be so mysterious that it just doesn't click. You're right, just like, right. what is this guy doing? Right. Gotta like think about how someone's gonna perceive it, right? It's not always about what you think is dope. Because how I put together like ads and content is I let Meta, Facebook, tell me what will do better. I test stuff out. Yeah. Do you and, have to pay for tests? I'm like, so. Yeah, you pay for So tests. you pay a little bit of money for a test. Yeah, like 10 to $25 to test something And then something it's like, out. all right, that's going to do pretty good. I just let Meta tell me based on the numbers. Yeah. What is the lowest cost per click? And whatever is the lowest cost per click is the piece of content that I would run with. Do you worry about like the different categories like engagement, looking for follows, looking for I know that there's a bunch of different categories. There's so many categories that you can choose for, but like the lowest cost per click or the highest click through rate are usually the things that I look for. And like okay. for anyone that's putting together content, you could test all of your reels to see what reels do the best and then you could reverse engineer it and be like this reel does the best because it has x y and z in it right. and then you could use x y and z in the content that you make in the future okay and you said click through i'm a i'm an invalid i don't even know what i'm doing okay <laughs> yeah we're getting meta right Tell now it, yeah <laughs> to the to the you know just random person who doesn't even care about this but might find it interesting because <laughs> uh, like honestly until you get into it you don't even know right these things but like so you said click through and then click you also rate. said click cost per click cl cost per click so what is the difference between those so if i was like making a video linking to my spotify account right i had like a music video going to my Spotify or YouTube or whatever. The cost per click is how much it costs for someone to click on your ad and go to the other platform, to go to YouTube, to go to Spotify, whatever. A click-through rate is basically out of 100 people, what is the percentage that are going to leave Instagram or Facebook and go to another platform? And usually the percentage out of 100 is like hopefully more than 1%. Mm. So for every 100 person, 100th person, you would get one or two that would leave the platform <clears throat> and go to hopefully complete your stream. Okay. Thank you for clarifying. I am now curious if... You know, it's different if you're making the content yourself, but like <laughs> there are ever situations where you get something and you're just like, like you can pay a lot of money to make this do well, but you might just be better off paying money to make a new video or something. Like you ever get something that you're like, oh, well, it would be, this would be way easier. I mean, 
at, at some point in time, like you just need to cut your losses, right? Yeah. If something just isn't performing well, just move on. That's true. So how long are you running an ad for? It depends on the budget. Yeah, sure. it just depends how much you put into it. Yeah. You know, because if you're using like 25 or $50, like you could get a week out of it. You yeah. know, but if you're putting in more than that, then you just like are able to stretch it out longer. Is there a minimum like 25 bucks or something? Or is it like you could put like three cents and like, I think I don't think you can put less than five. Okay. I think, but I mean, I wouldn't even put less than $10 into Facebook because it just doesn't make any sense. Word. Okay. Interesting. This is some sauce. I just, I'm not that aware of. How much do you rely on just like natural growth after? Like, do you feel like there's, I wanted to talk to you about pay to play. Uh-huh. And this is kind of the same idea because yeah. if you're, let's say a DJ or whatever, an act trying to play more shows, if you get more people on you, viewing you, there's more opportunity to potentially book a show, whatever, you know, the higher numbers you have, you know, people care about that stuff. So do you feel like in the start it's worth doing that pay or i mean i like guess you paying can, for followers and views online not followers but just like paying to advertise and give it that that boost to get a little bit of like something going i feel like it's essential like yeah how are you going to compete with everybody else that right. also wants to do the same thing you like have to. Yeah. No, I know. It's almost naive. I think naive. you have to. Yeah. Like I really genuinely think that to get in front of the people that you need to like, I just think it's essential. And it depends what you're trying to do too. Right. If you're just doing it for a hobby for and just love. doing it for fun, then like that's cool. You don't like, Yeah. That's amazing. But if you're trying to do it, like you should have a job and put your money from the job into your craft yeah it doesn't even have to be ads though like you could put money into your equipment for sure you know what i mean like, i'm more about that too i'm like oh i can have this tool that i can use to now like up my game right right i yeah. mean like that could be the thing too because like maybe you just need to sound better yeah you know what i mean like sometimes it might not make sense to do that because you might not even be good enough that's true. I mean, there's just so many layers. There's so to many, it. yeah, different. It's like this huge entanglement of different things that maybe it makes sense to like put a little gas on the fire, you know. I mean, I think you just gotta believe in yourself first. Straight up. <laughs> right? I mean, it sounds yeah. so generic to be like, yeah, you gotta believe in yourself. But like if you believe in what you're doing and you're passionate about it, then I feel like other people would see that. Yeah. And Maybe it's not ads. Maybe it's just posting every day. You know who Austin Mills is? The guy who plays on the parking garages with the B-pad in LA? You've definitely heard some of his remixes, but to my knowledge, following his story, he just remixed a bunch of like really popular like new songs, disco songs, Motown songs. like, And to my knowledge, he didn't really have any music out there at all mm -hmm. he was just investing in content yeah right and that's what made him pop because mm -hmm. everyone started to use his sounds on reels 
And then mm. he started getting festival slots like that. Dude, it's so wild. The sounds thing is such a new thing. You can remix this guy's video because it has this sound. And I mean, his journey is something that just happened so fast over the pandemic. But if you think about it, people want to hear things that they already know. What about the like, just we're going to like pitch this down song? Like, oh, yeah, but that's like Joe K, like with selection. And yeah, it's he same. does slow. He does slowed edits. Yeah, they're gnarly, right? You know what I mean. But then he also just picks like crazy R and B music. That's what I'm thinking. Like more and more, um, it is. It's all about being like a selector of good content. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't it, have to be content. I mean, I just that word is really just funny to me. But like when I was like really trying to push the envelope with like content and stuff like that. I was just making different remixes on like different things to sample or, you know, like just things that people would already know. So it's a lower barrier to entry to meet people where their musical knowledge is. Because I feel like as producers, we want something to be, beautiful and new and like super lush but there are only certain types of brains that can understand what is happening with the hi-hats right and what's yeah, happening like, Dude, those are fucking quintuplet like right yeah, polyrhythms right. and it's just like i feel like there are people in like dubstep and like that genre that are like normal listeners that like get that stuff sure but like people who like house music or like lo-fi hip-hop or like even just instrumentals in general like they can't tell the difference at all for sure if you bet on yourself like you just bet on yourself this is some like gary v right now like yeah i mean for real is. but yeah. like how can you fail if you bet on yourself? I mean, seriously. And then if nothing happens, then you just invested in yourself. You put time into yourself and you put money into yourself. Like, honestly, nothing bad can happen from that. I mean, unless you're doing harm or something to yourself. I don't know. But like, right? you know what I mean? It's like you're trying to better yourself. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. You got to be like, the guy in your corner. Right. If you don't have one. Yeah. Well, I feel like a lot of people don't have one. Yeah. And then when you start to like make cool shit, then everyone wants to try to be <clears throat> in your corner. But then you just know the real people that were already there before everybody else showed up. I guess to continue on just the different nuances of like, also something I just wanted to add is like, just put yourself out there. That's something I've struggled with where it's like even if it's not that good it might resonate with someone i mean i feel like a great example of that is like what we did with lounge love you know yeah. like i thought that that song was good right you know what i mean like i didn't think that was the best song on yeah. that ep like we were jamming to it yeah like it was it's a good song yeah but I didn't think that was going to be the one out of the four that 
that did the best. Yeah, you never know. Yeah, and then I just have random people, even today, like last week I had a friend, like totally out of the blue. Like I didn't show them the song. I didn't do anything. Yeah. And they just sent me the link. And like, I forget what they said, but I was just like, yeah, what? I was like, but why is it this one? You know what I mean? Because it's like everyone just has different taste. I believe in this theory that like you got to create some randomness and like putting yourself out there to whatever potential criticism, potential people being like, yo, I fuck with this. Like it just gives you feedback and you just got to do that. But I feel like everyone's trying to make something perfect. I know that's me. Yeah. And it's just like, just drop it. Drop that shit. Yeah. I think for people like me who are a little bit more perfectionist that it's like, oh, I can't put that out yet. Like it's not ready. Right. I mean, you should still also gauge it with like, all right, we're going to try to make this the best it is. Right. Do your best. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Definitely put put some thought into (laughs) your music for sure. But also know the things, know your tools. Know your tools. Advertisement tools and whatnot. Oh, yeah. The other thing I was going to ask was to stay on this was like clips and reels. That's such a new thing. And that basically came from like TikTok. Right. And now it's like on Instagram. And for people who are, because like for people who are trying to stay like current and relevant with these things, it's just always changing. But I'm, I'm saying like if you wanted to be at the like, the the tip of the spear like the forward thinking side of it with social media like you just got to hop on any new trend right like you just got to be like all right like this is this new medium like it's vr let's fucking do it or some shit like yeah i feel like oh like what's a good like what's the what was the audio only platform tell it was not telegram oh that twitter bot the audio only one I don't know. Is it like sending voice messages and stuff? No, it was like live podcasting. I forget what it's called. Yeah. Because it just like, it it had such a short life. Right. Right? But like, if you hopped on it when you first heard about it, like there are so many people who just like gained a ton of followers just mm. by networking in there. Just in there, like, because it was like hot. Yeah, it was, what it was just hot, but it's like, I feel like just trying stuff just like it doesn't really hurt. I mean, you can always delete stuff. Yeah, that's true. Or can you? Does it end up on archive.org? <laughs> I mean, even if it ends up on archive.org, there's so much content. Like, who cares? Yeah. That's true though. That's like another Like there's so much content. It's too much. No, I mean, it's not. It's 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 just insane. And I feel like I felt like I was too late to hop on TikTok and I hopped on like in 2021 and I didn't have a video hit a million until 2022. Yeah. I mean, that's just like because TikTok has special powers. Yeah. Special powers, dude. We don't, yeah. we don't understand it. It's yeah, I don't understand it. But like, I mean, YouTube shorts right now is like, yeah, in his in its infancy. That's what I'm saying too. It's like if you're the new thing is just clips. Yeah, little bite-sized pieces of content cuz we can't hold our attention span anymore. Do you ever think about like feeding into that beast? <laughs> I do every day. 
like that you're worried about it or you're just like, I just, this is what we have to do. This is what it is. Uh, I kind of am in that mindset that it's just like, it is what it is. And I just feed into it. Yeah. Because I feel like if you're in marketing and you're trying to go against the machine, you're going to lose every time. Yeah. It's too big. There's way too much money in big tech. Like you can't go against big tech. Think about if you were like, oh, I'm not ever going to use TikTok or Instagram. It's like <laughs> no one would know about you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like the only artist that I swear to God that I know, and maybe there's a couple, is Frank Ocean. That mother lover is not on any social media except for YouTube. I think you just got to go with it and make the yeah. best shit in that format. Right. Like if it's Vine today, all right, Vine. If it's, who knows what the future is, you know? But, I think it's just about making things that are authentic to you, right? Yeah, I mean, for sure. I think I'm over here being the one that's like overthinking it or just trying to like pick your brain about it. But you're right. It's just like make cool shit. I mean, stuff that is cool to you. It doesn't even have to be cool to other people. Like, I yeah. feel like the mindfulness and like health and wellness side of social media is great, you know? Mm -hmm. And yeah. I feel like I just came into that because I am managing like a yoga studio. And I feel like that's just become a part of my universe. And I'm like, this is so great that other people want to empower other people. It's mostly women empowering other women, which is beautiful and amazing. And it's just like, there is some amount of like light in this like black hole, you know? For sure. Yeah. That's a good way to think about it. Like you can be one of those good bright lights. <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, you don't have to be a black hole. You don't have to be a black hole. You could be a son, like not like a like someone's son, <laughs> <laughs> but like you know. Anyway, there's so much negativity day. though, right? Yeah, yeah like yeah. why don't you just post something positive and like make someone laugh or like do something like conducive for themselves? Mm -hmm. You know, like. I've had so much fun managing comedians' accounts. Right. Because it's hilarious. It's like, this is awesome. This is so funny. But then you just see people who are just on the internet just to troll. And it's just like, that's sad, man, that you have nothing else better yeah. to do than to just troll and hate on this video. All right. We're like beating the horse dead. But this is, that is interesting. I... I think I just am someone who's like, how do we crack the code? I'm like, <laughs> get the matrix like running down. I'm like, oh, how do I figure it out? But, but I mean, I, that's you, me overthinking it. But to your point, it's like you could think about it so much, but then how much time passes? Yeah. With how much thought you're putting into it. Yeah. And I think that obviously you need to put thought into <laughs> thought what is doing. money. <laughs> yeah, right. But like you can't take ideas to the bank. Yeah, that's true. And so, like, there's got to be, like, some cap to how much thought you're putting into it. Because it's just a post. Right. You know what I mean? It's like, 
Is it hours? Is it a day? And then what's the decision? Do you scrap it or you post it? Well, so that makes me think about like someone who's making a masterpiece. I mean, maybe you don't think about your masterpiece as a masterpiece because you're just doing it. I don't know. It makes me think that like people are just rushing to get shit out there then. So let me ask you this question then. Do you do you create a masterpiece like where you're at or do you create a masterpiece when you have like the audience? You know what I mean? I don't know. I mean, I think it just depends again. Like a lot of the, you know, like when you die as an artist, all your shit gets more valuable. And there's this right. effect where it's like, right. oh, it's a masterpiece because we can't get any more. Or like, you know, oh, no one knew about it, but he was so talented and we didn't know. And this was his masterpiece. So I don't know. It's kind of just a complicated thing, I think. Yeah, but you could always remake something. With non-destructive editing, anything is possible. Keep your files, kids. <laughs> Back them up. Yeah. Straight up. That's actually another thing that I was thinking about is with like me, it's like, what's the most secure platform right now? YouTube, I would say. Like that's, if you're going to put stuff out somewhere and you know, what's going to have the longevity and you're not going to have to move shit around a lot, I would say YouTube, mm. right? Do you agree with that? I I mean it depends what you're posting, right? Yeah, it depends on the media. But, but I mean, YouTube. I feel like YouTube is one of those platforms that has a similar lifetime as Facebook, but has stayed on top for longer than Facebook. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? The technocracy or whatever that word. It's like because yeah. it's Google, you know? Like Yeah. Yeah, but I get what you're saying. They've gone through different periods of like Being this hot. is the spot. Yeah. Okay, not really. But But YouTube's always been hot. Because it's so simple. It's like it's a video. It's not yeah. like, oh, it's a reel. I mean with, with the title. Yeah, exactly. With it's the like title. you know what you're getting into. Facebook, yeah. it's like, oh shit, it's an ad or it's what we were saying before about like saving your stuff. Right. You know, I think YouTube is like a pretty universal thing right now. Um, it's not going to stay that way forever. But yeah, I mean, I guess the ultimate is just keep your shit and then repost it. <clears throat> We've talked about this for, for a minute. Um, I also wanted to get into a little bit different of a topic which is you're also a wedding DJ. <laughs> and you've been really busy lately because it's wedding season. It's about to be over, baby. Yeah, I'm sure you're happy about that. Oh, yeah. So my fun question is, has there ever been just like a super cringy moment at a wedding that you're like, oh, my God, if that happened at my wedding, I would just not. I mean, obviously, you're like the MC. With, with a guest or with like something that happened with like the band or me? It could be either. I'm just kind of curious about like weddings are this pressure cooker of a thing. And it's like, hopefully nothing goes wrong. Like, So I've only actually had one thing happen to me recently, actually. So, you know, like sometimes I have multiple shows in one night. So I have to contract out sometimes. 
wedding DJs. Yeah. My contact bailed on me and then got a sub, which is good. Like, that's what you, like, do in, like, this kind of situation. You get a sub. Yeah. Sub goes to the show. I'm, like, nervous. (laughs) Sub goes to the show. And uh, apparently just has all of their gear to shut down. Like Serato shuts down. Like the board stops working like while DJing. Um, So like, you know, like it goes from having music to like and just nothing. Just like dead silence. Yeah. And so like that happens like multiple times. Yeah. Like it goes up. It comes down. And I'm like getting live texts from like the people that I'm working with. Yeah. And I'm like not able to be there. Mm -hmm. So I'm like freaking out, you know? Yeah. And then they're freaking out. And then ultimately he figures it out a little bit, gets like 15 minutes of music in. And we ultimately have to refund the couple for that period in time for like that hour set basically. Yeah. And, um, dude, just like, that's literally the worst fear of everyone. Yeah. You know, like ever being a DJ, it's just like, it's never happened to me before. And it happened to somebody else. And now it's like on me. Cause like I hired him through someone else. So sure. it's just like, man, like, yeah, n- not fun stuff. There's certain gigs where if it gets like fucked up, it's just like, ah, it's just unfortunate. Oh, yeah. Whatever. We'll get our money back. But a wedding? Yeah, it's kind of like a once in a lifetime. special day. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, it's kind of like a once in a lifetime thing. I feel like you could just bring a big boom box (laughs) with like... (laughs) As your backup? Yeah, with like a phone and you just play music (laughs) dude that's what i was like thinking with like that dude i was just like why didn't you just plug your phone in yeah the speakers was it the speakers or was it the dj equipment the dj equipment yeah yeah well you've also told me the but that you've like had your phone just plugged in as like a secondary just in case oh yeah as a backup yeah you got to but you're a pro i mean it's just like it's such a big event. Yeah. You can't like really take, you know, it like risk. Yeah. Yeah. It just wouldn't make sense. Has anything happened that someone else fucked or like just something awkward happened at the wedding that you're just like, Oh shit. Like, <laughs> oh, man, I mean, just like dr- people being drunk, but I mean, yeah. like, I just like him like, yeah. You're just wasted. You're, yeah, you're like a bartender. You're like, yeah, that's fun. <laughs> it's just yeah, fun. but it's like balancing like not being a dick and, you know, like you don't really know who you're talking to. Right. That could be I, like the brother of the groom. Exactly. Exactly. Because <laughs> I just like, I don't know. Yeah. Y- you know, so I'm just like always trying to be respectful, you know? For sure. Professional. I get Professional. That. Yeah. Um, what's like, what's the most played wedding song? Is it still Michael Jackson? Like, is it just September? Oh, 100%. Yeah. Do you get on the mic? Oh, yeah. Like, what do you say? You're like, (laughs) 
do you say their names? Like the like, couple's names? Yeah, you're like, oh yeah, for this sure. This is the time when, I don't know. Oh yeah, I'll like make like a circle around them at the end of the night sometimes for like the last dance song. Oh yeah, dude. You're like, I love. We need, on we need everyone on the dance floor to make. Yeah. Oh, I guilt people on the microphone. What do you say? Oh, I mean, like last weekend, I was like, uh, you know, like ladies, give it up for yourselves, like because it was all ladies tearing up the dance floor as it usually is. And I was like, gentlemen, you guys are really lacking out here, you know? And um, they made like a bachelor playlist. So I was like, everybody who was on the bachelor trip, you guys got to come out on the dance floor. Like, I'll wait. Yeah. And I like, I literally waited. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, like, seriously, I mean, it's like you have the mic, you have all the power. People don't want it to be dead silent, right? Yeah. But like... There are just things that you need to do, like, especially if people are, like, outside and, like, smoking and, like, just not dancing. It's, like, there are just things that you have to do to just get the people going. Get the people going. Wow. That's a lot of power. Have you – you also announce people's names, right? Because this is, like – We've talked about this, and I'm just, like, that is that's my nightmare. I know. I I don't like it either. I don't <laughs> like the intros either. Like, so this is uh, how do you say, like how do you say this guy's name? I mean, a lot of times, like I'll just do just the first names because it's just it makes me nervous. Yeah, you're very like calm, cool, collected, which you gotta be. You you need to be. Yeah. You need to be. I went to a wedding recently of yeah. a friend that was so chill. Yeah. And I was like, yo, this is a good wedding. Yeah. This is just a party, basically. Yeah. That's how it should be, right? I think so. Yeah. But I was also curious if you've been to a wedding where, like, this is the most, like, well done. Like, maybe there's a lot of money involved still, but it's just, like, tasteful. Is it the location? Yeah. The location's, like... It's the location. Yeah. The best one... That I've done there too. And they're actually both not at venues. Mm. One was at their parents' house and they lived on the beach. Nice. And they just had a beach wedding. That's so sick. Just Which walk was, out to the beach. Yeah, it was gnarly. Yeah. It was just like they had like a stone area and they just like had tables out and they had like their dinner spread. And then, nice. you know, the band and I played on the beach. Really? Was yeah. that a bitch to run cable to? Oh yeah, it was awful. <laughs> like you're like, where's the cable? It's buried in the sand. It was awful, man. I mean, I ran like 500 feet up to the house and then 300 feet to a generator. Dude, it oh was gnarly. They're like, don't get sand in my equipment. There was sand everywhere. Oh my god. It was unavoidable. But I mean, dude, it was just so much fun. Like, yeah, it was just amazing. And then the other one was awesome because um, it was also in someone's backyard, but they took everything out of their garage. They made their garage into a bar and they didn't have any uh, anything traditional at all. They had the ceremony and they had no events after it. Mm. They had no first dances. They had no speeches. They had no nothing Mm. they literally got married 
and they had me play for like six hours. Damn. And they just drank and they pulled up a food truck in the driveway and people just went up to the food truck and just got food. Nice. See, that's like how I want to do it. It was just so chill because they just didn't care. Yeah. They already had a kid together. Yeah. You know, it's like they just had all their friends in one spot and that's it. Yeah. I mean, I'm like so for that. I just it was refreshing to see this wedding that I saw that. I Where was, was like, that? What's giving the layout? It was it was at a friend's house of theirs that had a nice little backyard. So we're in the same boat with yeah. our stories. Yeah. Yeah. And like it was they had food just like chilling nothing crazy like just all good food and their parents wed them and it was just like homegrown like it just felt organic you know i mean dude just like i feel like to pay into the wedding industry is just such a clusterfuck yeah you know what i mean oh yeah because mo- what it's like 50 percent of people that get married get divorced I have no idea. I mean, I don't know. That's like, not, I don't, we I can't no be promoting idea. that message. I, <laughs> I just meant like the cost of doing something. Uh, like if oh, I, yeah. if I as a woman wanted to get my hair done on a normal day, and I know this isn't accurate is not an accurate number, but let's just say it's a hundred dollars to get my hair done as a woman, which is yeah. probably more than that. Right. On your wedding, it's like $500 to do your hair. Yeah. If I just ordered Pizza Hut to my house for my wedding and mm. I got 50 pizzas and I was like, hey, I'm just having a huge rager, just bring 50 pizzas over, they'd be like, okay, cool. Yeah. But you're saying if you added, hey, even- Pizza Hut, this is my wedding. I need 50 pizzas. Oh, they'd be like, oh, okay, okay, okay. We're going to add this fee on and this fee on. And it's just like, it's so silly. It's almost like if you tell someone it's the wedding. I'd hope that that extra cost is like, we're not going to fuck this up. Hopefully. I mean, hopefully. Hopefully. I mean, who knows, man? I mean, it's it's just interesting in general, the whole entire industry. But it's pretty evergreen, right? Because it's like every, you know, fall, right? It's like summer to fall is like... Summer to fall, baby. I mean, if you think about it, it's like society created the industry right like society created people to be married yeah but it's unnatural no i'm just (laughs) (laughs) and then a bunch of people just monetized it right yeah that's really what it is you're monetizing a little bit you're like yeah but you're like on the fun side you know you're like yeah (laughs) i'm i'm on the fun side for sure but you know like i feel like a lot of people wouldn't be in the wedding industry if the budget wasn't there. Yeah. It's just such a stressful thing. It's, it's Yeah, it seems stressful. And it's all day. Yeah. Dude, yeah. I mean, I feel like there's this weird thing too that's going on where it's like people do their job shittier after COVID. I feel like a lot of people just also feel like that that own businesses too. Mm. That it's like you're paying for more but getting less. But I think also maybe there was like a sense of rustiness that like people just were like, oh, yeah, I'm just like back for the for the like gigs and stuff for musicians and stuff. Yeah, but it's like if you're a gigging musician, man, that's like what you always have done and what you're 
born to do. Fucking put some WD-40 on it. <laughs> yeah, let's go. <laughs> WD in the armpits. Like, <laughs> you would smell so gnarly, dude. You You're like, dude, but I'm loose. <laughs> you would smell so gnarly. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Let's uh, let's send this boy home. We talked about what your first concert was, but what was your favorite concert that you've ever been to? All right, I'll do the concert that I went to most recently that I enjoyed the most. I went to Danny Lay at the House of Blues. She's like an R&B artist. She just had her and two dancers on stage. And I mean, just like the energy that all of them had and like the choreography was just like really well done. And I feel like I know it was towards the end of her tour because like I saw her like tour dates and I feel like some people like burn out a little bit towards the end mm-hmm. but like that felt like her first show on tour like mm-hmm. she you could tell that she was giving it her all yeah and it was just like one of those things where it was just like it was a monday night everyone in the crowd was like lit not even like inebriated just like lit off the energy and um yeah it was just crazy it was or, just dope. Yeah, I feel like yeah, some people burn out by then, and maybe others are like, "I'm I'm loose. I put my WD forty on. <laughs> like I'm good to put go." Put the WD forty on, baby. So she was using it. Yeah, I mean, it's just so captivating, you know, yeah. like so so talented. Uh, where can people find you? Uh, Funhouse Shy. C-H-I, like Chicago. Chai. Chai. Uh, my name is Sink Slow on Instagram. That's where you can find me. Word. What What do we do now? Burp. Bye. <laughs> Good night. Bye We're going to have another beer.